So today I want to share with you guys uh, the one, two, three, four, fifth, right? The fifth of the seven I am's of Jesus, you know, uh, from the gospel of John. In, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way. It is the sixth. This is the sixth. Right? We, are one, well, we are a couple of weeks away uh, from Easter. In the sixth one, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right, And so today we're going to jump into this. I'm going to do something a little bit different because we're going to do a little bit of, we're going to play a bit of a game in a moment. But first, I want to read you the text. We'll pray and we'll get into it. All right, cool. Let's do this. Let's get into the word of God. John chapter 14. The context is this. The people, Jesus is telling his disciples that very soon he is going to go away. So these are all of his disciples who have gone all in, right? They have pushed all their chips in on Jesus. They have left homes. They have left family. They have left their trade, their vocation. They have left everything. They have gone all in with Jesus. And then Jesus one day says to them, guys, I'm going to go. Now, what do you mean you're going to go? I'm going to go. I'm going to go somewhere. And where I'm going, you still cannot go. Right now, you can't go. And then he starts to hint that he's going to go to his death. And his disciples freak out. And if it's you and I, we will freak out too. Because guess what? We've left everything to follow you. And what, you're just going to die on us? Can't like that. Please don't. So their hearts were troubled. That's the context for the end of John 14. John 13. John 14 begins, let your hearts not be troubled, right? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? So now we get an idea where he says he's going to go. He's going to go to do what? He's going to go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I go, but I will come again. Everybody say, I go, but I'll come again, right? I go, but I'll come again and bring you, take you to myself, right? He will go, he will come again, then he'll take you to himself. That where I am, you may be also, and you know that the way, you, and you know the way to where I'm going. Ah, ah, Jesus, firstly, we just found out that you're going somewhere. Secondly, you haven't told us where you're going. You're being very mysterious about it. And now you're telling us that we know the way to where you are going. We don't even know the where. How am I going to know the way, right? And this is all news for me, right? He says, you do know the way. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want today for us to just look at this one verse really big, really loud, really strong in front of you right now on your screens. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I like this. I, I, I saw a few things here this week that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This line has shades of Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Because if you remember Pastor Ramesh's sermon on I am the light of the world, he shared that light shows you the way, right? And light 
reveals to you what is true, what is really there. And light is the life. Light facilitates life. Light is necessary for life. You, and you can have the light, right? You can have, and, and light shines on the way. Light gives you, reveals to you the truth, right? And Jesus is that truth. Jesus is that way that shines light and shows you the path. Jesus is the way that gives you the truth, tells you what's absolutely real. And Jesus is the one who will uh, uh, um, uh, give you life, right? So, so and then there is another, and, and then look at this. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, Jesus is the gate. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus the gate. You go to the Father through Jesus the gate. If you don't, if you try to climb over the fence to the Father, you can't climb through the fence to the Father. Only those who go through the gate, who is Jesus, can get through the Father. So I see shades of I am the light. I see shades of I am the gate here in this sixth. I am, I am the way, truth, and life. But here's the thing, my friends. This line is not well liked in the world. How many of you are aware of this? This line, this saying, this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and then this part that really touches on raw nerves out there when we go out, no one comes to the Father except through me. And here's the thing, my friends, what Jesus is saying here, and we can't sidestep it. And I don't want us in Swear Below Church to soften on this. Jesus is making a claim of being the only way to God. He is. And a lot of people don't like this. A lot of people say, why must you say accept? Why must you say no one accept? Right? No one accept is, makes it sound like you accept. There's a lot of exceptions. You're very exclusive. You exclude everybody else. And they don't like that. And I understand, look, I, I, I understand. It's not nice. I was not always a Christian. And when I was a kid growing up, I used to hear Christians talk like this. And maybe it was their content, but maybe it was the tone, and maybe it was something else. But something about hearing this uh, um, just didn't sound like I liked it. But here's the reality, my friends. Jesus is making a claim that he claims to be true and his claim is that I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And if you want to get to the Father, you must come through me. Any other path, now I spent some time thinking about this and this is another way for me to express it. I hope Today, if this verse, if you're not from a Christian background, or even if you are, um, but this verse has always stuck out like a thorn in your side, I hope today that the love that we can show to one another, the love that we can, that we can coat uh, um, the things we say, the truth we deliver, can help to make it less painful to hear. But here's something I've come, I've come to know. Jesus saying that this father is him, is his father. And he's saying that no one comes to my father except through me. And I think, you know what? I think that's quite reasonable. He's saying that you can't come to my father except through me. Now, you want, if there is another father and you want to go to that father, not through me, that's your walk. That's your journey. That is your path to that father. 
But my friends, if you want to come to my father, you got to come through me. And I think that's reasonable. And I think if anyone has the authority to say that, the son of the father has authority to say that. Now, my friends, it could very well be that you can go to whichever you think is a father. And if there is a father somewhere who is not the father as expressed through the God of the Bible, and if you say that I want to follow my own path to that God, then you know what? Ain't nobody can stop you. And you know what? We just want to be around you and say, hey, if you ever see that the Father as described in the Bible is the one you want to go to, then the path is through Jesus. Amen? Now, here's the thing. I want to get into something today and coach all of us to, to think uh, um, uh, in, in a certain kind of way. And, and I didn't always uh, know how to think in this way, but I was taught myself, right? And so today I want to do play a little game with you guys, okay? But before that, I want to give a little definition. You see on the top of your screens right now, okay? It says exclusive truth claims. Everybody say truth claim. I know you can't hear me, I can't hear you, but say truth claim. Truth claim. A truth claim is when I make a statement and I claim that that statement is true, okay? Okay, so, so hang on with Benny, okay? Hang on with Benny. I make a statement and I claim that statement to be true. Now, at this point, it doesn't matter yet whether it is true. As long as I'm making a statement that claims itself to be true, that's called a truth claim. And all truth claims are exclusive. So here's the first one. I want you all to participate. So I'm going to open up my chat, okay? And I want to show you guys a bunch of, of, of sentences, okay? And I want you all to tell me, is this a truth claim or not, okay? Now, to make it simplified, the truth claim game, right? If it's a truth claim, just type TC, okay? Okay, if it's a truth claim, just type TC. If it's not a truth claim, just type NTC. Okay, are we good? Are we good? Or just type no and oh, right? Faster. Okay, ready? Ready? That guy is Benny. Is this a truth claim? Guys, type, 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 type. Line below says TC. Who else? Come on, play game. Oh, okay, Peter Ash, TC, Sarah Young, TC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that guy is Benny. Is a truth claim. Good one. Okay, one mark for all of you. Let's see how many points you get. Okay, okay, let's go. Next one. Next one. I'm wondering if it will rain tonight. Is this a truth claim? No, 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 no. Sure not. Sure not. No, 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 no. Okay, yes, it's not a truth claim because you are not making a claim that it's something will happen, right? You don't know if it will be true, right? Okay, cool. Let's. Her new shoes are brown. Is this a truth claim? Yes, yes, yes. Wow, so blow church, you guys are apologists, right? Super hebat. All right, cool. Yes, it is a truth claim. Next one, next one. Don't her new shoes look more like red? Is no. that truth claim? Huh? 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 Yes? Yes? Oh, now we're getting mixed answers. Don't her new shoes look more like red? Question mark. Is this a truth claim? I want to see a few more answers. No, no, no. No, yeah, no, it's not a truth claim, okay? It is wondering, it is asking a question. So it's not making a claim, even though in the question it's showing a leaning, but there is no certainty, so it's not a truth claim. Okay, let's move on. Next one, okay? How many points have you got? Who's on the leaderboard? Who's got four out of four? He might be German or Austrian. Sarayon says no, Lion says no, right? 
A bunch of you are saying, no, 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 not truth claim. It's not a truth claim. He might be a German or Austrian. It's not a truth claim, but he's German. Yes, truth claim, truth claim, truth claim. Yes, 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 yes. Obvious. This is a truth claim. All right. Now we're going to get into the business of things, right? Let's take a look at the next one. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Truth claim? Yes. I see all of you answering. Next one. Yes. Next one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes. It is a truth claim, right? Yes, it is a truth claim, right? It is a claim to being true. Now, remember just now I said that at this point, right? At this point, at the top, it doesn't yet matter whether the claim is true, okay? It may be true, okay? It may not be true, but it is a claim that has a certain level of confidence about itself. And the claim's confidence about itself is that my claim is true. Let's look at this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying this with no reservation. Jesus is saying this with full confidence that he knows the real state. He knows what is actual. He knows the reality. He's saying that I am from before the creation was made. I am from before the first word was spoken such that light came in and everything came up and became. In fact, I am that word that came out and gave birth to everything that exists. And today, with full confidence, I'm not shy about it. I'm not trying to pad it. I'm not trying to, to be modest about it because I was from before the creation of the world. My word, I am the creation of the world, right? I am the cause of the creation of the world. And today, I want to show you the truth. Today, I am the way. Today, I want to show you I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Yeah? Okay, he's saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. My friends, my friends. Jesus is uncompromising about this. And he's saying this not because he's bragging. He's saying this not because he's a jerk. He's saying this not because he's obnoxious. He's saying this because he says, he claims to know this to be true. He's not lying. Or maybe some of you think he is. He's not crazy. Or maybe you, some of you think he is. As C.S. Lewis says, for someone to say something like this, you only have three options. Only three possibilities, my friends. Either he's lying, means he knows he is not the way, truth, and life, but he said I am. That will make him a liar. Or he's lost his mind. He's either a liar or he's a lunatic. That he's lost his mind and he's talking gibberish and he doesn't really know what he's saying. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, but he doesn't really realize that he's not making sense. Either liar or lunatic or as C.S. Lewis says, or Lord. Because if he knows that he is the way, the truth, and the life and he says it to you here I now to lift you high, he is Lord. So my friends, today I want to pose this question before us. Which is he? 
because you can't have like Jesus is kind of like a good teacher, he's kind of like a good guru, he's kind of like a good man, you know, um, and then he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't really like it, but most of the stuff is still good. No, if he is kind of good and he said this, but he is not the way, the truth, and the life, there is a problem with his character and maybe he is a liar. Or not, not maybe, that he is definitely a liar, but he is not. And for all, all of us who have put our faith in him, we believe that he is not a liar, he is not lunatic, he is Lord. And this comment, this truth claim, I am the way, the truth, and the life, doesn't give you a fourth option where you might wish that there was a fourth option for me to keep a safe 70% of Jesus and, and still kind of like not give my whole life to him. It's not an option. He closes that door by making such an outlandish statement that is either true or false and nothing in between. So my friends, today I want to show you guys, right? I want to show you guys, next slide, you know, because there are a lot of people who say other things, make other, other, other statements, other things that people say and people don't find Jesus offensive and they say something else. And this is one of that something else. Let's continue the game. All religion, no, 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 you gave away the answer. All right. Okay. All religions lead to God. Truth claim or not a truth claim? All right. Truth claim or not a truth claim? It is a truth claim. You see it in the black box, right? Right? All religion. Ah, now I'm seeing some, some pushback. That's good. That's good. We can have a dialogue, right? Let's go back. Let's go back one slide. All religions lead to God. Is this a truth claim? No. No, maybe not. Some people are saying yes, yeah. some people are saying no. Now, remember, a truth claim claims its own statement to be true. There is a level of confidence about what it is saying in itself. What I'm saying is the truth. Okay? Now, remember, at this point, it doesn't have to be true. It just has to claim itself to be true. Are you guys getting it? Are you guys getting it? It does, it, it's the statement has the confidence that it is true. Confidence in itself, okay? okay? Does the statement have confidence in itself that it is true? Yes, this statement has confidence in itself that it is true. I'll show you why it's a truth claim. Skip to the next slide and skip to the next slide. All religions lead to God. This statement, this statement, this truth claim excludes every other truth claim. It excludes a whole range of truth claims. For example, it excludes the claims that only some religions lead to God, right? You know what I mean? If I say all religions lead to God, I am telling you, if you say only some religions lead to God, I'm telling you, you're wrong. Does that make sense? If I say, but I don't say it, Fergus Hong doesn't say it because Fergus Hong is a Christian. But if somebody, person A were to say, Fergus, all religions lead to God, right? And it sounds very all-embracing. But actually, it is not so all-embracing. It is actually excluding a lot of people. For example, let's say on your screens, you'll see Kiran. Let's say Kiran is not a Christian. And let's say Kiran says, only some religions lead to God. Person A will reject Kiran and say, you're wrong. All religions lead to God. Does that make sense? It is excluding different parties. It also excludes for those of us who are Christians, it excludes us. We who say only one religion leads to God. The person who says all religions lead to God excludes the people who says 
only one religion. They are saying you are wrong. The people who say only one religion, so which, in other words, the people who say all religions lead to God, this statement excludes all Muslims, all Christians, and all Jews. Completely excluded. Effectively, you are saying all of you, one third of the world's population, are wrong. I don't know if it's one third. I think it's, it, it's about one third. It, it also excludes people who say none of the religions lead to God. It also excludes those guys. In fact, it also excludes all the atheists who say that oh, there is no God, right? It excludes so many different groups, but it is worded in such a way that it sounds so all-embracing that all religions lead to God, but actually it is just as much of an exclusive truth claim as I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you belong to one of the groups that feel excluded in orange at the bottom of this screen, and if you were the sensitive sort, you could feel just as easily offended by the statement, all religions lead to God, as I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because both are exclusive truth claims. They are conflicting truth claims. Remember, they are just claims at this stage, right? We're not worried about which is true. We're just saying that both are claims, claims to the truth. And both are claims to the truth. They are conflicting, but they are equally exclusive. They equally exclude a lot of other things. Does that make sense? One more. One more for the game. Okay, one more for the game. It is wrong to say that there is only one way to God. Have you all heard this before? Have your non-Christian friends said this to you before? Maybe they have. Is this a truth claim? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, I'll show you why. For you to say it is wrong to say that there is only one way to God, you are making a value judgment saying that you are wrong. Next slide. It is tantamount to saying if you hold any view other than this one, you are wrong. In other words, you are saying that only this view in this black box is true. Any other view that is not in this black box is not true. Are we saying this? Are we saying this? If you guys are following me, give me a thumbs up. If you guys are following me, give me a thumbs up. I see one thumbs up, two thumbs up, you know? All right. Are you guys following me? Are we good? Are we good? Okay. Now, if you've got questions, you can ask them in the chat. Today, we're in teaching mode, okay? We're in teaching mode a bit today. All right. Let's move on from this. Truth is exclusive. Here's the, here's the earth underneath what we're standing. Truth is exclusive, not inclusive. And if anybody says, oh, no, 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 Pastor Fergus, you need to have an open mind. You know, you cannot be so exclusive. You know, you cannot be so fixed in what is true. You need to keep your mind open. Don't be so narrow, you know. No. Here's the thing, and I'll gently, lovingly say you that, bro, I love you, bro, I love you, and because I do, I don't want, uh, I, I want to make sure, I want to help you see things, and maybe we can disagree, but we are still going to love each other and be good friends, okay? Um, but I want to share this with you, and I hope, I wonder if you can see this as reasonable. So let's see if this is reasonable. Truth is, by definition, exclusive. Two plus two is four. And for 2 plus 2 is 4 to be true, it means that it necessarily excludes every other answer. Every other possible answer is error and only 2 plus 2 is 4. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense. Truth 
necessarily excludes all possible errors. And so that it excludes everything so that you only have the one thing that is true. I'm going to give an off-handed um, example, okay? If I say there is a piece of paper in my hand, okay, it's a truth claim. There is a piece of paper in my hand. Okay, now what does this exclude? It excludes the statement that is no piece of paper in my hand. Okay, and right now, as you can see this, it also excludes the other statements like there is a toy car in my hand, right? There is a toy car in my hand or there is a Bible in my hand. It excludes all those other possibilities in the same way that two plus two equals four excludes every other possible answer. Truth by definition excludes every everything else that is an error, okay? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Truth excludes error. Truth does not contain error. But error can often contain a lot of truth. So we hold on there on the slide, okay? Truth does not contain any error. So whatever that is true has no lie in it. The moment it has a bit of error in it, it is no longer true. Partial truth is not truth. Partial truth is not truth. Partial truth is partial error and it is always in some error. Does that make sense? Let me, let me give you an illustration, friends. Uh, let's just say you, had, you found technology to make counterfeit money. Okay? okay? How many of you would like that? You would like technology to make counterfeit money? Mm, mm, mm. No, no, no. You know what's counterfeit money for the kids? It's fake money, right? Okay, how many of you would make a counterfeit seven ringgit note? How many of you would make a counterfeit seven ringgit note? If you, if you would, if you would say yes in the chat. If you would make a counterfeit seven ringgit note, say yes in the chat. If you wouldn't, tell us why. Say in the chat. Say in the chat. Why wouldn't you make a counterfeit seven ringgit note? You got to think bigger. Hey, hey, okay, how about let's make a counterfeit 70 ringgit note. Hey, it's so much better than a 50, counterfeit 50 ringgit note. It is 20, it's worth 20 ringgit more than a counterfeit 50 ringgit note, right? Why stop there? Why not make a counterfeit 1,005 ringgit note, right? Why? Why stop there, right? You can print lots of it. It's fine, right? Right? Yeah. It won't be accepted, says Le Hong. Not the norm. Suwen says because there is no original seven ringgit note. That's bang on correct, my friends. The reason why you will not print a counterfeit seven ringgit note is because there is no original seven ringgit note. That's why. In other words, the counterfeit may contain much of the original but the original contains none of the counterfeit. Let me say that again. The counterfeit may contain much of the original. For that counterfeit note to look real and to look good and to look legitimate, it has to contain as much of the original as it can. In other words, it cannot be 100% lie it, it, by being a counterfeit seven ringgit note. That would be 100% lie, right? It has to look as much as the original. It has to mimic the original. It has to contain some truth. 
In fact, if you, if I challenged you to think of the most devious, most dangerous lie that you have ever known, I'm quite sure that you will present me a lie that masqueraded as the truth or contained a lot of true things in it and then a few key errors and that made it the most dangerous lie, right? The counterfeit may contain much of the original. The original contains none of the counterfeit. Truth contains no error. And in order to contain no error, it must ex exclude anything that is in error. But of course, if you look at error, error often contains a lot of truth. Now, let's move on to the next slide. Truth is absolute, not relative. And I can tell you, my friends, we live in a day and an age where many people will want to persuade you that truth is relative. I tell you what is relative truth. Relative truth is, oh, it may be true for you, but it's not true for me. It's true relating to you, but it's not true relating to me. Now, that can be used if you're talking about preference. Like, Chakwetiao is my favorite food. It may be true for me. It might not be true for you, right? That's okay. It's about preference. But we're not talking about preference. We're talking about truth claims, right? We're talking about, I am holding a piece of paper in my right hand. And then one of you is going to say, nah, it might be true for you, Fergus, but not true for me. To me, I, I don't want to be so close-minded. I don't think that you're holding a... No, it doesn't work like that. Now, I want to give you another example, right? This is a triangle. Really? Now, what happens if truth is relative? Why are you going to hear some people say, Nola, it's a triangle for you, but it's not a triangle for me. Right? It might be true for you, but I choose not to be so narrow-minded about shapes. I, to me, um, this can be what I want it to be. This can be, uh, um, I don't want to be so close-minded. To me, this, is, um, th th this can be a circle to me. I would like this to be a circle. Now, my friends, would this fly? Would this fly? Is, is it okay? Is it okay for me to look at this shape and say, it might be true for you that it's a triangle, but for me, I rather choose to believe that it's a circle. Can I choose to believe that it's a circle? Strictly speaking, yes, but it would be absurd for me to choose to believe that it's a circle. There, because there are some things about it that makes it triangle. It has three points connected by straight lines. By definition, that shape is a triangle. A circle has no three points. This shape has three points. So you can't logically say that, no, it's true for you, but I choose to believe something else. It's not. There is an absolute reality about this shape. And the absolute reality about this shape is that it is not a circle. It's a triangle. And so out there in our world, there are absolute realities. Absolute concrete realities that even no matter how much you choose to believe otherwise, that it doesn't change. I can choose to believe that this is a circle. I can say this is, uh, this is a hexagon merged with a circle and then with a, with, with, with a, with a square uh, attached to the side. I can choose to say that this is something totally different. It doesn't change the fact that it has three points connected by straight lines. 
So you can say to me that I believe the truth, something out there is whatever. It doesn't change the reality out there. The question is, what is real out there? And my friends, when we say, when we say that, that, that there is a truth, that truth is out there, that truth is discernible, it is an absolute truth, and it's not relative to how we feel about it. You can't just decide. By the way, my friends, you think that truth is quite nice to keep it in the relative realm until you go and see a doctor. And let's just say the doctor says, I have to do brain surgery on you. And, and, and you say to the doctor, doctor, what does that entail? And the doctor says to you, I need to make a 4.7 cm incision in your skull. And you say, nah, doctor, why are you so close-minded? You know? Or rather, you might say that, oh, why do you have to make a 4.7 cm incision in your skull? You know? Um, and then your doctor says, uh, well, you know, but then again, uh, 4.7 cm, it can be anything you want it to be, right? Right. After all, um, 2 plus 2 to some people might be 4, but to me, I choose not to believe that it is 4. In fact, if that's the case, then 2 plus 2 can be anything. 2 plus 2 can be 2 or 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 or 7. It can be anything, right? Let's get the next slide, right? If truth is, is relative, 2 plus 2 could be anything. 2 plus 2 can be a sotong for all you like, right? And this effort, oh, what's stopping your doctor from saying that, oh, um, uh, 4.7, how long is it? It's, yeah, it could be this long. It could be that long. Who knows, right? Let's not be so close-minded. You don't want your doctor to be close-minded on a moment like that. Or for example, if you were to get a biopsy and, 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 and you ask the doctor, doctor, wait, wait, is it cancer? Is it cancer? I really need to know. Is it cancer? And your doctor says, you know what? Let's not be so narrow-minded about what is cancer. You know, cancer can be anything. You know, like, let's not be close-minded. You know, cancer could be this, it could be that. You know, I, like, I choose to believe that, that it's not cancer. <laughs> Do you want your doctor at that point to be so open-minded about what cancer is? No. Now, my friends, if you will not accept relative truth in medical science, or for example, if you walk into a lift and the lift says that maximum weight allowed, anything you want it to be. Will you go into that lift? I don't think I want to go into the lift. It might just crash, right? If you will, if you will accept, if you won't accept relative truth in medical science so that it can save your life, if you won't accept relative truth in, in buildings and, and, and safety measures so that it can save your life, why do we accept relative truth claims, relative statements of truth in the matters of spirit, in the matters of life and death, in the matters of spirituality? Why? Why do we say that, oh, Jesus may be right, but others may be also right, and anything may be right. All religions will lead to God. Who knows? You know, uh, um, any of this can, can, can be true. Why? Why do, why do we let ourselves be hoodwinked into thinking that we can be concrete in some areas of life and stand by it? And we can be so vacuous and be so, be so uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, shapeless and formless in another and be so open-minded on one side, be close-minded on the other. It does not work. Now, when I, was, when I was growing up, I heard this story. 
story is about uh, the blind man and the elephant. And this story is often told, uh, it originates in India. It's, it's an elephant motif, so obviously it originates in India. Okay, um, and, and this story is often told to show that no one can lay claim to possessing the actual truth. Okay, so the story goes like this. Okay, um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six blind men, okay, are told that there is an elephant. And they are told that there is such a thing as an elephant, but they've never seen the elephant before. So they are brought by someone to see the elephant. And they are going to tell and explain what the elephant is like. So they start groping at the elephant. The first guy gropes at the elephant's leg and he says, ah, it's obvious the elephant is just like a tree. Another person gropes at the elephant's ears and says, ah, it's very obvious the elephant is like a big fan. A third person gropes at the elephant's tusk and says, it's very obvious the elephant is shaped like a, like, like a long spear. And another guy gropes at the trunk and he says, oh, the elephant is shaped like a very big fat snake. And the last fella at the butt of the elephant, you know, um, is groping at the, at, at the tail of the elephant and he says, ah, I believe an elephant is exactly like a rope. And the supposed moral of this story is that all of them are wrong because none of them can see the full picture. Okay? It's saying that, and the moral of this story is usually meant to say to people of faith that none of you have the full picture. And that's why all of us are groping in the dark trying to figure out the full picture, but all of you are not seeing the full picture. My friends, this whole story, by the way, is one big major truth claim, okay? It's not, I don't think it's true, but it is a claim for truth. And this story has made many people over time believe that actually I can't, it's, it, it's, it's, it's obnoxious, it is arrogant to say that I know the truth because who knows, I'm just as blind as the next guy. But I just want to take the curtains down for a moment and let's be really honest about this story because there are some problems with this story. And today, I wanna, if you've heard this story before, I want to show you what the problems are. If you've never heard this story before, then let's, let's get into it. The problem with this story is that it's trying to say, Buddhists, you are only seeing one part of the story. Christians, you're only seeing one part of the story. Maybe some of you Hindus are only seeing one part of the story. All you Muslims are definitely seeing only one part of the story. All of us are like the six blind men dropping at reality, but there is a reality out there and all of you are missing it. My, my question, my friends, is the moral of this story is that nobody really knows, correct? Correct? The moral of the story is nobody really knows. Now, as Christians, we reject this story, but the moral of the story is supposed to claim that nobody really knows. But the story and the storyteller claims to really know. So the moral of the story is supposed to be that everybody is like the blind man groping around in the dark. But the storyteller has extracted himself outside of the story and the storyteller is positioning himself as the man who brings the six blind men to the elephant in order to reveal to them that none of them really know. And the storyteller is trying to persuade you that I am outside 
of your reality. I am outside of your space-time limitations and I can see that what you are touching is an elephant. That's the first fault. That's the first flaw of this story. The storyteller assumes God knowledge. But guess what? I heard this story from a man. And this story was conceived by human beings in order to illustrate a point. So who has the right to tell this story? I don't think any of us do, right? Because if not, then you are contradicting yourself. You are telling a story in order to teach people that nobody can really know. But your story proves to you that you think you really know. That is contradicting itself. That's the first flaw of this story. But I want to show you the second flaw of this story. This story is essentially trying to say that you are groping the leg. That's why it feels like a tree. And you are groping the tail. That's why it feels like a rope. But my friends, when Christianity makes a truth claim, and the Muslims make a truth claim, and the Buddhists make a truth claim, they are not making truth claims, one groping the leg, one groping the tail, one groping the ear. It's not. It's probably more like this. You've got six fellas all groping the leg and coming up with different conclusions about what it is. Let me give you an example. Afterlife. Christians say that afterlife, if you walk with Jesus, you go through the gate, you go to the Father. That's what we say is the afterlife. Muslims say that if you follow the ways as taught in the Quran and in the Hadith, and, if you, and, and, and according to the, the will of God, if he wants to save you, he will save you. And two angels will come to you upon your death and they will ask you a bunch of questions. And if you answer them correctly, you'll pass through that, that, that first threshold. That's what the Muslims will say. Do they agree? No, they don't agree. But they, all, but they uh, kind of agree, kind of don't agree. Never mind. What do the Buddhists say? The Buddhists say that when you die, you're, you become selfless. You merge into, you're, 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 you no longer even retain any bit of yourself. So you get merged into, into this general kind of like energy. And then out of all this, you get rebirth into a new life. So it's like three different people touching the same leg and all of them having a different explanation for what it is. What do the Hindus say? The Hindus say that you have, there is something about you that is enduring. It's called the Atman. And the Buddhists don't believe that there is an Atman. They say that there is no Atman. There is no, there's no one thing that, that endures. The Hindus do. They say that. And they say that the Atman continues. They life form after life form in all reincarnations, right? Now, even the Buddhists and the Hindus don't agree. So my friends, this is not a case of Buddhists talking about um, one area of spirituality and Hindus talking about another or Christians talking about yet another. We are all talking about the same thing. What happens after you die? And we don't agree. Either one of us is right and the others is wrong or all of us are wrong and the right one is still not out there. Nobody has presented the right one or only these two. Either one of us is right, everybody else is wrong, or none of us are right. And the right, the, the true thing is still out there, right? But I tell you what, it's not possible. It is not possible for all of us to be right. It is not possible for all of these truth claims that tentang each other, disagree with each other, for all of them to be right 
at the same time. The moment one is right, the others are wrong. The moment this one is right, the rest are wrong. And that's how truth works. That's how truth works. That's why the saying, all religions lead to God, does not hold water. It just doesn't work. If you want to say all religions teach you some good things, can. I'll take that. But if you want to say all religions lead to God, no, I can't take that. And if you're a thinking person, you should reject that statement. If you're a thinking and reasonable person and you reason it out, you should conclude that no, this doesn't make sense. That's why today I'm a Christian. Because it sticks, it's, it puts its flag into the ground and it says something concrete. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You decide whether this is true. And I've decided this is true. And the evidence from my own life, from my following Jesus, is that this is true. And I don't want to say this in a haughty way. There is, I cannot be honest, there is zero, there is zero sense of like, like, like we've got the best you know, uh, um, kind of thing uh, um, uh, about what I'm trying to say. I really am reaching out and trying to help us all to think logically about our faith and not make statements that don't hold water. But I want to spend the rest of this sermon, and it's, I'm really closing right now, to show you what it's like not just to face Jesus, who says, I am the way, but I want to show you what it means in my own life to follow Jesus, who says, I am the way. So today we are facing and following, right? Oh, by the way, yeah, this is a good, this is a, this is a good moment to say this. Friends, if you dialogue with your non-Christian friends out there, and if they say something about their, about their faith, and I know it's normal for us to immediately say, no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. My friends, don't do that. Christians, let's not do that. Let's not do that. How shall we do it? Let's affirm the truth that we see in what they are saying. So I'm going to give you a mathematical example again. Okay? Let's say your friend comes to you and says, two plus two equals five. Okay? Or let's just say that in a real example, they are saying that... Um, all religions teach you, uh, um, uh, all religions lead to God. Okay, let's just say they say that. All religions lead to God. To you, it's a two plus two equals five. It's straight up. You know, it's like, dude, that's not true, right? But my friends, can we affirm the truth in what we see first? Reach out first. Shake their hand first. Show them that they are our brother first. Love them first. Get them to feel honoured first because we are supposed to honour them. They are created in the image of God. Why you go tentang them? Why you go fight them? Why you go tell them they are wrong first? Let's not do that. Let's affirm. So what, do you, what, what does it look like? We can affirm them and say, my brother, I've, I, I've come across all the world religions and I can affirm for you that there are lots of truths in a lot of the world religions I've, that, that I've seen. Can, can you do that? I can do that. As a Christian, as a pastor, I can say, I've seen a lot of truth. Right? Not complete truth, so I'm not like I'm not like apostating right now, but I can say I can affirm some of the truths. I can affirm some of the truths in, 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 in Buddhism that you know desire for worldly things creates a, a lot of suffering. I can affirm that. I can totally affirm that. I can affirm a lot of the truths in Hinduism, you know, that says that says that we uh, um, um, a, a sense of a, a kind of like an imbalanced sense of self and, and all that is is a problem. I, I can I can totally affirm that. I can affirm a lot of the truths in Islam. Affirm the truth first. 
And if you can, and if you have got buy-in with your friend, then reveal to them the error that you see gently, lovingly, with patience, and with a lot of respect and honor. So if you say, if you want to see that 2 plus 2 is not 5, but friends, remember that 2 plus 2 is 4 plus 1. And I think we can... Oh, sorry, 2, two plus 2 is not 5. It's the same as 2 plus 2 is not 4 plus 1, correct? And we can affirm the 4. We can show them that 2 plus 2 is 4, just minus the 1. We can affirm for them the truth that we see in them because every truth is either, every error is either a subtraction of truth or an addition of other things that makes it erroneous. Does that make sense? So my friends, if you, if, if you are dialoguing with someone and they say 2 plus 2 is 5, you can say, my friends, 2 plus 2 is 4, but there is 4 in your 5. That's why and all you need to do is minus the one and you have the correct equation. Two plus two is four. Okay? But don't go and turn down them and say it's wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, but affirm the truth first. Okay, that's something that I've learned in life and it really helps you to not be obnoxious when you talk to other people. You know, it helps you to, to be gentle, to be loving and, and it, it purifies, it sanctifies us. This kind of thing sanctifies us as Christians evangelizing to non-Christians, right? But let's look at the. Let me finish. Let me finish. We are facing Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And we are following Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope that today's sermon has not completely bashed your brains in. But if it has, I want to help bring us to some normal sermon preaching, right? Some normal sermon preaching. Let's look at the text. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I, that where I am, you may be also. My friends, Jesus says, I am the way. But if you look at this thing where he says he is the way, just one step back, just one slide back. If he says that he is the way, and then you look here, that he says, my father has a house. It's a really big house. And there are many rooms in this house. And I'm taking you... I'm taking you where? What does it say? Verse 3. I will come again and I will take you to myself. So you would have thought he's saying, I'm taking you to this very big house. You would think that he's saying, I'm taking you to this room in this luxurious mansion. But he says, after telling you about this, he says, I'm taking you to myself. So now we can see the next slide. Because Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus is the way, but he's also the where. Jesus is the direction, but he's also the destination. You walk every day following Jesus. You walk and he is your path. He is your signpost. And he is, he is the trajectory. He is your vector. You walk and you walk and you walk in order to follow the way. You follow the way. He is the direction to an end point. But when you get to the end point, the biggest reward of the end point is not what is at the end point. It is who is that end point. And the who of that end point is Jesus himself. In other words, Jesus himself is the ultimate reward for your Christian life. And maybe you can contest this. Maybe you say that if Jesus is the ultimate reward, I don't want 
Maybe you say, I want to be liberated from this cycle of birth and rebirth. And that is the ultimate reward. And that's fine. A-okay. Nobody pressuring you. And maybe you say that moksha is my ultimate reward. And I want to go to, to, to I want to reach a place where I am, I, I, I'm, I, become, I, I, what's moksha, right? Moksha to the Hindus is I become spiritually one. The Atman becomes one with the Brahman and you become spiritually one with the whole universe. That's your end point. That's your destination. And I would say, friend, I wish you would say otherwise, but hey, okay, nobody pressuring you. And maybe you say that, no, my greatest reward is I can go to a heaven where all the haram earthly pleasures are made halal in that, in, 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 that, in, in, that, in that reward. That would be a reward. To have two wives, one earthly wife and one is a, is a, is a spirit girl, right? That would be a reward. And, I, and I can, there's a river of milk that will never grow sour. And there's a river of alcohol that will never make me grow, uh, uh, get drunk. Like maybe that is a reward. My friends, if that's your reward, I wish you would choose otherwise. But A-OK. -okay. Ain't nobody going to force you. But my friends, if you ask a Christian, what is the ultimate reward in heaven? It is Jesus himself. He is the greatest reward. And maybe you'll hear in the Revelation series that to him who overcomes, he will get a crown of life. And maybe you will see in John chapter 14 that I prepare a house and a room in this mansion for you. And you will also see at the end of Revelation that in New Jerusalem, there are streets paved with gold. Are those things the ultimate reward? No. They are supplementary rewards. They are extras. They are bonus. If you get a house, great. If you get a room in a house, Great. If you get a crown, great. If you get a streets paved with gold, great. But if you don't, you are sufficient. Because for me, only Jesus, only Jesus shall be my great reward. And Jesus is enough. That's why we sing, Christ is enough for me. Right? Right? So do you need Christ plus a crown? No. Do you need Christ plus, plus a mansion in heaven? No. Do you need Christ plus a river with alcohol that will never make you drunk? No, we don't need Christ plus anything. Jesus plus nothing else is everything. Jesus plus nothing else is everything. Jesus plus something equals nothing. You want Jesus and you want to add on to Jesus? That's nothing. That's error. Take it away. I don't want Jesus plus anything. Everything minus Jesus is nothing. I don't want everything minus Jesus. I'd rather die. So my friends, when we, when we hear Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we may have heard it in the past as an obnoxious, rough, kind of arrogant thing. And maybe the Christians who said it to you may not have known how to say it in the right tone. And if it's wounded you and it's offended you, on behalf of Christians, I want to say, I'm sorry you went through that experience. That's not how Jesus said it. Jesus said it because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he can say no other. For him to say any other, he would be lying. For Jesus to soften it and say, maybe I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he would be lying. And he would be unkind to us. 
for Jesus to soften it and say, I might be one of several ways to earn several truths and several lives, he would be flat out lying to us. And it would be the unkindest cut of all. The only thing, the way the truth and the life can say in the most loving way is to say the truth. And he said the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to come to my father, you have to come through me. So my friends, I want to invite you to come to the Father. Come to the Father, the God as described in the Bible. Jesus will be your ultimate reward. And it will be so sufficient. Every tear you cry will be wiped away. There will be no more sorrow in heaven. And he, you will celebrate. Now some, some, some visions of the afterlife have no celebration in it. I love celebrating. And we will celebrate the victory of King Jesus into eternity. Some, some visions of the afterlife have no relationship. But I love all my relationships. And ours does. We have relationship forever. We will celebrate relationship forever. We'll celebrate friendship forever. We'll, ce we'll celebrate God's holiness forever. We'll celebrate worship forever. We'll celebrate Jesus forever. If you ask me, Compare all the visions of the afterlife. For me, Jesus is the best reward. And if you will give Jesus a chance, I believe he will show you, he will show you that he is the most worthy reward of all. Let us pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you, were, you didn't soften your words, but you said it softly that you were not harsh with your words, though to understand it might be a bit hard. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus is the way and he did not lie about it. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus was there from before the creation of the universe and his word, his very word, created everything. I thank you that this word became flesh and came to speak the truth. And I thank you that among us today who believe that truth has not been too offensive to believe. But Father, I pray right now that you soften the hearts of any of us who have not yet believed so that we will come and say to Jesus, Lord, it's hard, but something tells me this makes sense and I want to believe. Help me with my unbelief. And if that is you, I want you to make a decision for the most reasonable God the most reasonable God that can ever come before you. My friends, today, give your life to Jesus. And if you do, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just repeat this one line, just this one line, and say, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Just say this one line, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.